All right, welcome everybody. Again, we have podcast number six, which I, I was thinking this last week, but I'm going to say it. Podcast number six means people are still listening, Ross. Still. So, gaining followers. Gaining, gaining followers. Um, so, what's up, everybody? Um, as you know, this is Chris Brandt. Wide open. Wide open with Chris Brandt with my buddy Ross Robinson. And to you know what's crazy is we have actually we're we're moving up Ross and I'll I'll tell you why. Please uh, do. Well, we have our first request for a live audience. Oh, and okay. So we have a live audience <laughs> yeah. today. Yeah. Uh, it's actually my mom and dad. Uh, my parents. Well, they're the best supporters. So. That, that's right. Yeah. My my parents actually came up for the weekend and uh, we're going to knock one of these out before uh, we go have some fun on the snow, which it's crazy. It's June 1st. Um, and we're still going to go play on the snow, but so, uh, with this podcast, um, if you guys tuned in, uh, last week in, in uh, episode number five, we started off talking about sled setup. It's, it's been probably our number one requested, uh, topic to talk about and to chat about. And so, uh, we didn't get it all done in one. Um, and so we're going to chat about some more stuff. Um, yeah, just a real quick mini recap. You know, the big things we talked about was more or less chassis setup, being yeah. comfortable with your handlebars and, and handlebar controls, um, not settling for how your sled comes from the dealer because sometimes that isn't correct. And, and, you know, we talked about personal preferences on, uh, front end width, where we want our skis, uh, suspension setup, all of that fun stuff. Yep. So we really kind of just covered essentially the basics on a stock snowmobile. Um, if you're going to put $0 into it and then, you know, today we can talk a little bit more about some basic aftermarket stuff. Um, but also just cover some more of the nitty gritty when it comes to sled setup that people are kind of unaware of. Yeah. And I think, uh, where we should start with that is probably, um, one that is severely overlooked, um, as much, if not more than, uh, you know, the handlebar setup and, and control setup and that's clutching. Um, and, and clutching can be as complex as you want to make it, but in the end on a stock sled, you really, you just, uh, on a player, you just need to put the right dang weights in. Yeah. Um, and so um, it's it's very simple, uh, very easy. We actually have uh, videos, I believe, up on our YouTube channel of how to change weights, how to change weight bushings when the weights start to wear um, and all of those things. But uh, we see it time and time again when people uh, come to our place, uh, to do a ride. And, you know, they've invested all of this time, money, and effort to come to Colorado, uh, and, and to want to learn. And then they show up and, and uh, on the first day I can, I can hear the sled is not running good. And I'm like, dude, what, what do you have in here for weights? Well, I don't know. I don't know. What are weights? Well, well, it's whatever the dealer set it up with. And, and, you know, most of the time they're running stock weights, at 12,000 feet when the sled was set up for six to 8,000 and the sled is, is running like junk. And, and so, you know, what, what we always say is all the things that you can control, you need to make sure that those things are ideal because 
there's so many factors that you can't control, like how deep the snow is and then your the, the lack of, of skill set that, that you're trying to work on. Those are all the things that, that we're trying to help you with. But your conditioning, uh, the, your, your sled setup, all of those things you can control and those need to be on point. Yeah, so it's a good a good practice too if you are buying a new sled or a used sled to check the weights and see what is in there. And if you're buying a new sled from your dealer, asking your dealer, did you change the weights or does this come standard from the factory? Like what what's the setup here? Because so, that is huge. I mean, especially if you, even if you know how to clutch it and put the correct weights in it, I mean, it could waste a ride for you if it's not clutch perf- or set up uh, correctly the very first go around. So that's, ex- that's essentially what we see is guys show up here, not clutch properly, and their first day isn't as good as it should be because they're they're just not weighted properly yeah and and we i mean we've learned our lesson there i mean with when guys show up with their own sleds and and we we give them just the quick quiz like you know what what do you got in there for weights are you ready for elevation and and in just a couple quick questions we can figure out hey you need to get your sled in here so we can get this thing dialed so you have a good time uh and or well yep sounds like you're close uh if, if they actually know what weight is in there, that's a bonus. Yeah, we're, we're, we're doing good. Um, but, you know, just I, I'm an RPM Nazi. I mean, I, I know I, I cannot stand being low on RPM. And whether it's because it's uh, the wrong weights or a, a worn out belt or yeah, it was funny this year um, ended up. I had a, a roller go bad in my primary clutch, and I was up riding uh, and with a group. Kyle was my sweep guy, and throughout the day, I could I could feel it. And this is just because I've been snowmobiling all my life, and I can feel these things. And I don't settle for it being just okay. Right. So the sled I was riding that day, I felt I was losing RPMs, not all the time, but sometimes. And I I. We were like at lunch or something, and, and I look over at Kyle, and I'm like, hey, I think I got a roller stick, and we need to check it tonight. And he's like, he didn't even think anything of it. And we get in the shop that night, and he's like, how did you know that was – it? because, you know, and it was just one of those things like Kyle – Kyle really reminds me of me when I was young and dumb. Um, and it's because Kyle just like – it doesn't really matter. I'm going to ride through it. I'm going to just make up for it in my ability and not really care. But the thing is, and this is what I try to tell people, and and, and I've, I've really harped on, you know, I, I remember I was really strong with this with Saiyan when he was here, you, is your snowmobile is constantly talking to you. It's constantly talking to you. Yeah. And whether you l- want to listen to it or not or ignore it, that's your decision. But when something, when everything is perfect, your sled is happy, you're building RPMs. Again, we have no excuses. The sled is performing the way it should and now everything relies on you. However, when either it's a poor setup or something's not quite right, now, now we have these, these issues that cause potential problems of getting stuck or you know maybe even worse maybe a failure out in the backcountry and then you're not snowmobiling you're trying to get your snowmobile out right and 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 that stinks so um you know kind of veering off topic here a little bit but just just remember your snowmobile is is a a crazy highly 
volatile machine right. that that needs attention. Yeah. And um, it, no matter how good they come from the factory, how much money we put into them or pay for them, uh, you still have to take care of it, listen to it, and maintain it. Yeah. And so kind of going back, talking about just putting just putting weights in stock sleds um, from the factory is really all the average rider should do to their sled clutching wise if you have no other modifications done. Once you start entering gearing and engine modifications and all these other aspects, then your clutching changes around that, typically speaking. Um, and it's always great to you know ask people who have the time and experience um, in testing clutching. I usually go to you for that because you have way more experience and knowledge of it. So, and we get, we get a lot of people who, you know, are, they like to tinker and play with clutching and stuff. And for me, it's not so much, I would rather just go ride. Mm-hmm. Want to get a good setup and go ride the heck out of it. Cause I want to ride. I don't want to want to mess with it too much. So, um, just being careful of like, you know, the reason that we just want you to throw weights in them is because that's what Polaris does is they test it for that setup. Yep. They don't have anything else going on with the sled at the time. So um, just something for you guys to think about on your personal sled. And it goes back to kind of aftermarket and all the sled setup. It's very easy to mess it up. Yeah, it is. And I, and I think you brought up a good point. Like for you, you know, if you're down 50 RPM, 100 RPM, like that isn't the end of the world for you and it right. doesn't bother you. You just have a a good setup that is consistent, runs good, and you're gonna be fine. Right. You know, and for me, I love I like the aspect of the tinkering and just fine tuning and making that thing spot on perfect every single time. Yeah. Um but you know that it takes it takes a lot of time and a lot of feel uh for that. And there's a lot of great aftermarket setups out there for specific locations but i have found a lot you know everyone's like oh that man you have to try this clutch setup and i get all excited and then i bring it to twelve thousand feet and i'm like this is absolutely horrendous um and i go back to the stock whatever and and it's better and so that's again part of the aspect that i enjoy especially working with you know the, the partners that that we have you know the, the slps um even you know bikeman weights we've worked with the magnet weights on yep. that and then uh, Vogue stuff on the turbos. Uh, on the turbo side, you know, there's a a very noticeable difference on his clutch setup turbo wise versus um, you know the standard one that comes in the Boondocker kit. So um, lots of fun stuff on the clutching, but in in the end, just make sure that your sled is pulling RPM that it was designed to pull, um, and life will be way better for you. Yeah, way way easier. And so um, and if <laughs> peak rpm if you ride an 800 that's like 82 8250 8250 you can build too much RPMs and you can build not enough RPMs. There's a sweet spot that the motors like to run that that's where you need to be. And and on the Polaris side of things, it's very easy. You have a 6 to 8 uh, setup that Polaris recommends, an 8 to 10, and a 10 to 12. Throw some weights in. That's it, It's it's fairly simple on that yep. side to get just a good setup. Yep. Um, so, you know, that kind of, that kind of covers clutching. And, and let's kind of keep rolling with the stock 
sled. Yeah. Um, and and so I mean, there's so many fun things that we can talk about, which. Uh, that, that's that's why we love this podcast. I mean, we can go down the road of, you know, big bores versus turbos. And uh, what about a single pipe? I heard SLP's got these twin pipes, which, by the way, I get to go ride on Monday. I'm pretty excited about that. I'll let him do the validating and then be like, <laughs> yeah, they're good, are you? Yeah, yeah, they're good. Um, but I, I think for, with with this one, we're just going to we're gonna stick with the stock base. Yep. Um, and, and the most you can get out of a stock sled. Yep. And so... Um, one thing that goes hand in hand with clutching is is gearing. Um, I think so. So rewind back in 2011, 12, 13. So basically 11 through 15 in the pro RMK days, we were seeing some huge benefits with gearing down the sled. The sleds were, I mean, you could do. 85 miles an hour with a pro RMK. Yeah. Well, what the heck do you need to go 85 miles an hour for? Um, I want to go zero lakes. To, <laughs> lakes. Yeah. I want to go zero to 50 in a hurry. I want the throttle response to be instant. So when I'm up on edge and in those trees, I want everything to be uh, very crisp and quick. Yeah. And so gear downs on those pros made a big difference. Um, and then, so then we started kind of uh, the axis chassis with the, uh, how everything was working there. The gear downs were, were still, I think they were not as big of a difference as the Pro, but they were still definitely a difference. We ended up <clears throat> tweaking some clutching to make that even perform just as good as what it did in the Pro. Mm -hmm. yep. Now fast forward to the 850. Um, yep. So I did <clears throat> I did the same thing. I, excuse me, I, first thing I did is throw a gear down kit on an 850 thinking everything, well, it worked on the 800. I need to put it on the 850. Everything's going to be groovy. I put it on the 850 first ride out this season. And I'm like, I think this thing's slow. Uh, and so there were a lot of things going on for a first ride. And this, I, this is where I make mistakes often because i'm impatient i try a lot of things at once yeah yeah and so i'm getting better at that yeah. of trying just one thing did it work yes or no instead of putting this whole conglomeration of things together and so anyway put the gear down kit put a silencer on throw some clutching in it and or just just weights and go ride it and i i honestly didn't and and i had a stock sled to compare it to yeah and so it it didn't it didn't perform like I wanted to. One, it was still in break-in. Two, we didn't really have clutching dialed in. Uh, so, th so there were a lot of variables. So I actually shelved it, put the stock gear down kit or stock gearing back in it, and got back to where I needed to be, understanding what the sled needed before changing everything at once. Uh, another big one was uh, working with Kurt at Kurt's Players. Um, so Kurt is who <clears throat> we get the gear down kits from. And he, uh, what, what's, what's cool about working with Kurt is he is a tree rider. He's from Sealy Lake, Montana, and um, is on the snow a bunch and has a good feel for the sleds. Mm -hmm. And so um, uh, mid-season, it was actually right after I jacked my wrist. It was like the day... <laughs> It was the day after this was, this really sucked kind of. So I jacked my wrist. I'm like in a cast. I can't move my arm. And, and, uh, Kurt was coming down because he said, I've, I've got, I have got the setup for the gear down and I want to make sure it works at your elevation, Yeah, which is another cool thing. 
right? Yep. Have a sponsor who says, I'm getting in the truck and I'm coming to your place because I want you to, to not just sell these just to sell them. I want you to sell them because they work and, and the validation side of it is really important to, to us when we put our name on something. So Kurt comes down, I'm riding a GIMP cast. I can barely ride, but that day I was like, dude, we have something now. And we had a stock sled and um, the gear down sled with a clutch setup. And that was the big thing that we found. Uh, just slapping a gear down kit on the 850 didn't do what we what we needed performance-wise. So it went kind of hand-in-hand with the clutch kit that, that he's developed and worked on uh, with, with the gear down. So we have a very strong package with, again, trying to get the most out of a stock motor stock motor yeah yep um so you had i i'm gonna go back to the day and the day was me you and kyle yeah cottonwood yep go towards polaris bowl hook the left yeah and uh, where i just made fun of you guys all day yeah and you you were like you know cheater sled well i was on the cheater sled but 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 so that was the day that you rode my sled for the first time with the gear down and, and all of this stuff. Yeah. And your sled, I mean, had a lot of stuff. Yeah. You know, but you were lacking just, just a couple of the things. What kind of give give the listeners kind of your perspective on I mean, you you ride six days a week, so yeah. you have a good feel of your sled, and then to ride something with, with that setup. Well, the bit there's the two biggest things about that sled are the gear down that the, the two differences at that time was the gear down and the lightweight parts. So pairing those two together, it really made a huge difference in just how the sled went forward and got on top and went and climbed and and did the things that you want it to do and handled with a lot of ease. Um, so that's why that was you know that was when I was like, yeah, this is a a, a pretty legit setup and. I mean, this is always how it goes. They make like four of them. Chris gets one of them. I get none of them. He sells three of them. And then I got to wait like three months to get mine. So I finally get mine later. And it sure enough made a huge difference in my sled as well in, yeah. in gearing. And the biggest part was, I mean, the clutching was totally different. If you talked clutching with another guy who was sure. very well versed in clutching, he'd be like, why are you running that setup? Until you really explain the whole the whole system to them and even for me when it was when we were first looking at it i was like you know not really sure about it and and i think you were probably the same way until we actually got time on it with kurt here yeah yeah and i and i think i think what's pretty cool about that too was it was it was something and again you know with the clutching kit and the gear down kit you're about a thousand bucks and so it needs to be something where you don't just say I think it's better. Yeah. I mean, for a thousand dollars, it better be like, this is awesome. I can't believe I I haven't done this on my other sleds. Yeah. And you know that's really what it did for me is is I mean it instantly woke up my sled, gave me quicker track speed, quicker response, and you know that that type of terrain that we were riding where you almost got to the steep part. That was the line. Where Kyle almost got the seat yeah. part. I got there. You no. got there. Yeah. Uh, so, but we got stuck together first. But but that was the terrain that that sled just flat out 
does silly things because of like you said you know the quicker response the quicker track speed to get you up on top yeah um yeah the lightweight stuff helps in that for sure but just that 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 rippiness is is where it's at for tree riding for sure um you know it was funny andrew he so andrew unfortunately bottom of the pole Right, bottom yeah. of the total yeah. bowl. So he's like the last one to get a kit because yeah. you, you're you've been here long enough. You totally described what I do, right? Yeah. So oh, Kurt yeah. Kurt sends four for the guides. Yeah. And I get take one, and everybody wants them. So then I sell three. Yeah. And I said, well, if you, Kurt, I need some more gear down kits. I sold them all, um, and the guys didn't get any because yeah. I sold theirs. Uh, well, okay, all right, I'm gonna send you some more. Yeah. Well, he's, I've only, he's like, I only, well, Kyle had one for some reason. Kyle had one of the test ones or yeah. something that was a little bit different or I don't know exactly, but then he only was going to send like one more or something. And I had to like, Andrew and I are about to have WrestleMania in the shop over it. Which you'd get your ass kicked. Oh, we know. Yeah. But. And so anyway, you, so you get it. And then, I mean, it was like every couple days, Andrew, like, so is, is the kit coming? It's coming, right? Yeah. I'm like, yes, Andrew, it is coming in. And I think, you know, what's pretty cool about Andrew is, you know, he, he, he saw the benefit of it for like, he keeps working on his riding style. It was cool to see where he started at the beginning of the season, but where he ended yep. was, you know, getting more aggressive and more comfortable and all of this stuff. But he was the one that really, he's like, this totally changed my sled. I thought my sled ripped before. This isn't even comparable. Yeah. And, and you know, that's for someone who um, I would say just hasn't been on the snow as much. He's a great guide. Um, and does awesome for us. I'm excited for him coming back next year. But, you know, this was his first time getting a ton of time on the snow. So it's cool to hear him say something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So the kit is a clutch kit and a gear down kit together. So, and it's how much total? Yeah, it's a thousand bucks. Thousand bucks. So yep. a, pre- a pretty good chunk of change for a lot of the guys, for a lot of the sleds that we build for customers and a lot of our clientele, it's... Uh, it's not not a crazy expense, but there are certainly the, the stock guys out there who put all their money into their sled. And so don't be discouraged if you, you know, don't want to drop a thousand on it because your sled is still an animal, yeah. right? And it's still amazing and make sure you have the right weights in it, like we said, and, and, and run it that way. Um, but it's just, and it, it's preference too. I mean, if you ride, if, if you didn't ride the trees at all, if you were just like, big open meadow just ripping you might not feel the difference as much i well, mean you would out of the hole to to your point yeah if if i was not the type of rider that i am yeah and i was more like the average mountain rider who loves the more open stuff on the deep pow i'm a deep pow guy right i would not uh, and and my budget was a thousand bucks yeah i would buy shocks yes. instead of a gear down kit. yeah you know, and so those are, that's the type of, and, and I think that's to your point of, you know, it's, it works really well for these things. Yeah. Maybe you wouldn't see the benefit of the thousand uh, dollar upgrade if this is your type of riding style. Yeah. And, and that's, again, that's what we love with, with our YouTube channel and social media and the podcast is, you know, we we get your guys's feedback and it gives us some stuff to talk about and answer and, and help you make smart decisions with your money on what, on what you purchase. Right. And, yeah. and so 
this leads us really good into the next one. Yeah. And the next one is we're going to talk suspension. So podcast five, we talked about how to set up your stock suspension. Yeah. And we didn't cover aftermarket suspension. No. And so, okay. So this one's, this one is one that is, um, it's a little tough because suspension is expensive. Yeah. It's actually really expensive. Can be. Um, but we've all talked about it. Yeah. If there's only one thing you could do to your snowmobile, turbo, name them all yeah right turbo lightweight just everything what would you do if you only had one yeah it's suspension it's suspension yeah it's and it's just the cold hard truth it's it's just like you can't yeah properly set up suspension yep and it's funny every time every time that we we and this happens every year because first ride of the year i get on a, a new a new sled got stock shocks on it the stock shocks are in you know they're new so they're fresh and good oil and clean and yeah i'm like you know what this this isn't too bad and then i go and i ride uh one of our our sleds that has our setup in it and i'm like whoa okay i don't really feel like riding that and and so and this is not to bag on the manufacturers this is just purely the fact that the reason that I like the suspension that I like is because I have specifically set it up for the type of riding that I do. Off trail, tree riding, getting on edge, getting up on top of the snow. And we ta- I, I touched base with on that on, on uh, last week's podcast. Yeah. So again... Well, that's, that's why we set, it, we set the stock suspension to do that right there. That's, that's what right. we're trying to get it to do. So when you just throw a whole new set of hardware at it that is specifically built for it, then you're in the money. In the money. Yep, exactly. And and so I think, you know, the 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 biggest compliment and the and the coolest things that I've heard from clients is you know, we we've built $40,000 snowmobiles for these guys. Yeah. And with carbon and tie and turbo and and just everything and these things are works of art and the first thing that they say is i cannot believe how good the suspension is and i can't believe i have been de- I've been riding with stock suspension and and it's funny we say the first thing that we do to every sled is suspension most people it's the exact opposite the right. last thing i would do is buy suspension it already has suspension on it right yep well it's just like asking anybody who races moto at all Send in your forks, send in your shocks, get them valved to, you know, get it all set up for you. And that's the same thing, you know, for, for us and so many people. I mean, it's like, I always use the example of my dad. What is the old, he won't do anything. Like if I was like, dad, you should put a gear down, can you say, like, no, no. he'll, he'll, he, he, I have to change his weights if we're changing weights, but he will put suspension on it Yeah, because he's ridden, he's ridden it. And now every time he buys a new sled, he orders suspension because he just, like it just is so much it's plush for him it's comfortable better in all conditions for him all around and he's not us either so that just goes to speak for it well and it's funny and and that's what what sparked me to do we 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 
it's not through Fox. It's it's literally through me um, at the store here. Is I have a money back guarantee on your shocks. And and the reason is is because so like a set of QS threes twenty eight hundred bucks. A set of float threes sixteen hundred bucks. This is a big amount of money for your sled purchase. And so again, if it doesn't work and you just say, eh, I think it's a little better. Well, that's not how I roll, you know? And so I have yet to get a, a set of shocks back that I couldn't get the guy tuned in and happy with his purchase. Yeah. And and it's because it's because of that. And, you know, your dad is a perfect example. He would never go and buy suspension on his own. But right. he came out here and right. uh, and throughout the three days that him and his buddies were here, we put him on a bunch of different sleds. And you said, here, Dad, go ride this. Yeah. Right? And he's like, whoa, that is a big difference. Even for even for that average mountain rider. And that's the thing is, you know, I, I constantly hear this at shows or um, on comments on social media is I don't know if I had the skill set where I would feel the difference. Yeah. Can you go down the trail? <laughs> can, can, yeah. Can then, you, you, then you can feel the difference. Do you, do you ever get your sled on one ski? Yeah. Yeah. Those two little things right there. I mean, it, of course it's, you know, our, our stuff, of course it's going to be better on the trail. Um, but that's not in the end. Our main goal is to make our sled better on the trail. Yeah. We, you don't, you didn't buy an RMK to ride the trail. Our sled is easier to get on edge. It's easier to maintain edge. Um, and it gets up on top of the snow better bar none. So, um, you know, that's that. And, and again, we could do a full podcast on, um, aftermarket suspension and, and, and we most likely will, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about that stuff, but you know, just know if it's something that's kind of been in the back of your head of, you know, I've, I've always, I've heard things about, you know, this Fox stuff and air stuff and, and brand stuff. Um, but I don't know, man, it's kind of expensive. It's real simple money back guarantee. Yeah. If you don't like it, didn't make a big difference. Send them back. Yep. And, and talking about just one kind of thing that I've, I don't hear it a lot, but I think people may think it is the, your signature shocks are distributed through us. So we, they all come through us and they are valved. You spend, you, I sometimes go and help and we spend two, three, four days on the snow with Fox validating them. Yeah. Early to, season, mid season, late yeah. season. To exactly what you want. So it's not just like Fox is like, here's the shock. We put your name on it. It's, you know, we're constantly testing and tuning and we swap a lot of shocks out just to make sure that we're happy with it and there's not something better. Yep. And actually it was funny. I, I was on the phone uh, with Rick at Fox yesterday and, you know, with chaos coming out uh, with a new shock package, which is really good for a stock sled. Yep. But one thing that makes the chaos do chaos things is the longer front track shock. And so uh, we were talking about putting something together that I can go try in Chile. Uh, which is another really cool thing about being able to ride in July and August is that we can validate and test some stuff where nobody else is on the snow. So that's pretty exciting um, to do that. And, um, you know, the, and, and I think, um, you know, with our, with our Fox stuff, we try to, we have three different levels. We have the float threes, which is um, a really good entry level shock that is just better than the stock stuff, but gets you into real suspension at an affordable price point. Um, and then we got the QS3s, which I 
run on all of my sleds. Yeah. Uh, the QS3 gives me adjustability, which I like because, I mean, no matter throughout the day, throughout the day and throughout the season, everything is always changing. Yeah. Uh, when you leave the trail, you, you want your suspension to do something different as you're going in on the trail versus when you get into the deep stuff and you're riding tree lines and all that stuff. So I personally like the easy adjustability with the QS3 switch on, on our, on our QS3s. And then, you know, the, the top of the line, uh, which goes to that exact point of, as conditions change, whether it's throughout the day or the, the season, we want to be able to adjust to, to our sled to those conditions. Yeah. Well, now we have IQS, which is an electronically controlled full. It controls all four shocks with the touch of a button on the handlebar. Yeah. So you can go from soft, medium, firm, to now lockout of the rear suspension all by touching a button. Um, and it's it's a super cool system. I find I set myself adjusting the, the sled way more with that because it's convenient Um, with my qs3s um i end up basically uh, you know i'm on soft or one all the way in on the trail over the stutter bumps you know and then once i get out on the snow i figure out kind of what the day is like i'm gonna run my fronts on two i'm uh it's a super deep day i'm gonna put i'm gonna run lockout in the rear and i stay in those modes for most part of the day. But what's cool about IQS is you literally just touch the button and it's instant. So it's pretty cool to have those three different packages and levels. Yeah. And that's a cool platform that is paving the way for the future of what things will be like, you know? Yeah. They're just kind of the first integration of that technology. Yeah. Um, And we can go down that path too when we do the the full suspension podcast. Cool. Um, so we've, so we've touched base on, on clutching, uh, touch base on gearing suspension aftermarket side, uh, side of things. Um, what, what would you say, you know, I guess for, um, let's stick with the stock sled. We're going to have a turbo podcast for sure. We, uh, we have a lot of stuff to talk about there. Um, but you know, what, what are we missing here that, that, is another mandatory. I know we have, you know, SLP silencer. We like, we like the silencer stuff. Um, I got to have my cooker. Yeah. Uh, you know, that type of thing. What's yeah. what, what in your bag of tricks or your setup are you needing? Well, I think just if we're looking at a totally stock sled, it almost then transitions into kind of how you operate on it. You know, I mean, you can accessorize and things like that. We, we have different, um, storage solutions that mm-hmm. we like. Um, and then, you know, aside from that, really, after you click those basics off, it's just managing a couple of things, you mm-hmm. know, it's managing belt deflection. Like we have yeah. videos on belt deflection, which are, is su- super important. Um, f- throttle free play. It's, you know, making sure your throttle is nice and, and snug. So you don't, you're not losing that little bit of, of throttle and that response time. It's making sure your track's tight and, and, you know. Well, my tracks, what I don't, I have this weird sound going on. Well, your tracks really loose. They stretch a lot when they're new. So these little, they're, I don't know if you would call them setup things, but they're just, you're constantly managing them to keep your sled set up properly and efficiently. And also it's easier on it. You know, if you run a really loose track, then you're apt to, you know, messing up drivers, messing up, um, drive belts, all that kind of stuff. But, um, and again, affecting a day, a day, yeah. A day. Yeah. yeah, ruin you could even ruin your day just by based on these small things. So, I think we might have touched on it before, but like when we get on somebody else's snowmobile, 
we can immediately feel if the belt deflection's off or yep. if the throttle free play is off, if bar setup is off. So um, as you spend more time on your sled, you become more particular or you probably will become more particular on setup. It's funny you talk about uh, throttle or uh, sorry, belt deflection. And, and this goes... This goes back to the the customer uh, who comes here, and we I I give him the quick quiz. Yeah. What weights do you have in your sled? I don't know. Okay, unload your sled right now. I don't have to go any further in the quiz, right? Yeah. So when he unloads his sled, he starts coming up the carpet into the shop, and it's all. I'm like, and I'm like, stop, stop, and and yeah. You might want to check your belt deflection too. Well, how how do you know just from like six feet? Well, dude, your sled is like lurching. Yeah. And and so same customer though, right? Who just bought the snowmobile, just wants to ride it, but we have to listen to the snowmobile. Yeah. That isn't right. Yeah. Um. So uh, again, one one of those things. You were you talked about something um, that I overlooked and. Suspension again is my number one. Yeah, is my most important. But sled storage, I oh, couldn't ride without my tunnel bag. No, I because all the stuff that I have to have to be prepared in the backcountry for whatever a sled emergency, a person emergency, a whatever. I carry a lot of stuff and I plan for the worst, hoping for the best. So you know, I run the Polaris uh, tunnel bag. It's got my name on it, which is really cool because I've helped uh, design one. Um, and, I mean, can you imagine not riding with no. a tunnel bag? Yeah. The, yeah. The lo- I mean, we have the large lock and ride bags, the Brant one, like, loaded to the brim yeah. every day. You did a cool YouTube video. It's up on your channel. It's of, on yours. Uh, yeah. Uh, mine, yeah. Yeah. Uh, of what you carry. Oh, yeah, that's mine. That's yeah. yours, Of right? what I actually carry. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and I have one, too, yeah. of, what, of what I carry as well. So, um, you know, make sure you jump on our, our YouTube channels uh, so you can kind of see what, well, I don't have a tunnel bag. Why, why do you have a tunnel bag? Yeah. Well, and it's, again, we, we wear Avi bags, but in our Avi bags, we just have our necessities because I don't want that wearing me down all day. I've got this horse that I'm going to pack down and make carry all my stuff, yeah. you know? So, so the big ones for me are, are my big tunnel bag. I really like the sled solutions handlebar bag. I've ran that thing for many years. Um, you know, so those are, those are my two go-tos that I have to have. Yeah. Yeah. And that's essentially what I, I'm running as well. And, um, you know, just being able to have stuff right, right where you need it close to you on the bars. And then, you know, your the majority of your things and then in your backpack, things that if you lost your sled or like, you know, something crazy happened and you don't have your sled anymore, you can still survive with just the things on your back too. So some just necessities and, you know, things and that you would need on your back, keeping it light and keeping the fatigue off you. So, but you know, one, one thing I I just saw actually talking about setup and we, I referred to moto guys. I just saw a video of arc levers, hand filing Eli Tomax levers yeah. for him. Like, so if you, th- I mean, if you think we're ridiculous though, you know, it's, it's another level. Um, and you know, everybody that does it for a living, it's like, imagine going to work. If you were a contractor without your truck set up to go build the house. Yeah. You Perfectly. show up in the rental car yeah. and you went to home Depot and got some things. Yeah. You'll get the job done, but it's going to suck. Yeah. You're not going to like it. So yeah, 
that's how important it is to us because it's our job essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny you talk about, you know, Eli Tomac, uh, just needing everything perfect. It's, it's the same when you and I get on that customer sled and we're, we're going to go just drive it into the trailer and we can't even drive it in the trailer before we have to adjust the brake lever, adjust the throttle, free play, just all of these things. And we look at the guy like, how do you even ride this thing like this? Right. Right. Yep. But well, the dealer set it up like that. I don't yeah. know is how, how I've ridden it. So that, I mean, I think to kind of wrap this up that it's, it's controlling. How, how did you word it? It's um, managing I don't know. I don't even know what I said. Uh, well, it's, but it's it's basically, it's managing your setup, managing um, your situation. Yeah. So in the end, it's no bad days. Yeah. And we have we have that saying for a lot of things. We have, you know, that's that's the go-to for wearing climb gear. Yeah. Uh, no bad days. You're going to be warm and you're going to be dry. That's yeah. that's the, the motto with climb, which uh, is awesome. But it's also the same with our sled setup is, is no bad days. Pay attention to your belt deflection. Pay attention to, you know, do your weight bushings every 500 miles. So, you know, 1,200 miles down the road, you don't stick a roller on the deepest day and you're you're that guy, you right. know? And so it's, it's managing all of that stuff. And again, the, what we truly love and, and why we do a podcast and we talk about snowmobiles 24-7 is because we really do enjoy helping people have a great experience with this sport. So... Hit us up. Hit us up in the comments of this podcast with a question. Hit us up on our social media feed. Um, it's really easy to email it's us, Chris at ChrisBrandt.com, Ross at Ross, or Ross at ChrisBrandt.com. Um, Ross, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right yes that's correct yeah um but you know we we'd love to hear from you um you can always call the, sh the shop and talk to either myself ashley uh kyle and ross when they're here we i mean we're here to help we we want you to this sport is ridiculously expensive and all we're trying to do is to make sure that that money that you spend goes wisely um and that you have a good setup and again no bad days yep and this video or this podcast is also on YouTube. Um, so if you're watching on YouTube, then go back and listen to the first one because there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. And we're still in the progress of getting dialed in. So cool. I hear you. I hear, I hear the questions. I hear, or I hear the, the um, you know, what, what we need to work on, how we need to be better. So we're working on it. And uh, yeah, hang in there. Thanks for listening. Awesome. So that wraps up podcast number six. Um, what why does that timer say how long have we been doing this ross uh 20 no we're about we're probably 40 minutes or 40 35 minutes. minutes so um we've i've kind of kind of put it out there this kind of seems like the sweet spot uh, i know our boy kurt up at next tech he said make them an hour the hour goes by super fast when we're working in the shop that means a lot that means you're not sick of uh, hearing us but Kind of seems like this is the sweet spot, that 35 to 40 minutes. But, um, you know, again, give us feedback, whether it's positive, negative. Uh, we, we just want to be better. So um, let us know. And thanks for tuning in. Uh, Ross, where can they get us? Yep. If probably listening on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, all three there. Um, this one's up on YouTube. We're, gonna, we're working on getting all of them up on YouTube once we have our rig set up. And yeah, let us know you're listening. We love seeing the Instagram stories, the posts, Facebook posts, tweets, what I mean, it doesn't matter. Just, you know, help us get out there um, because 
there's lots of snowmobilers that I think need to need some info. Yeah. We're here to deliver. Awesome. And then, uh, again, in the comments below, post what you want to hear in uh, podcast number seven, and maybe we'll pull yours and uh, make it a show. Thanks, See you guys. guys.